return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Hallelujah. All right, let's stand up just for a minute. Take your Bible. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. And we welcome people that would join us from other places as well. We just bless you today in Jesus' name. We bless the mothers in the name of Jesus. We thank God for uh, your lives, your ministries, your influence uh, on your families and the communities where you live. Hallelujah. Speak blessings on our Indian friends and so forth that you would be safe, well, healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We speak also churches that can open up again, we hope, soon. We believe in the name of Jesus that you can continue to spread that good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. Mother's Day is always, uh, 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 I think the older I've gotten, I'm more aware of certain things when it comes to Mother's Day. I grew up in a family where there's four boys. And uh, all of us, you know, was kind of, uh, my poor mom, you know, was kind of, a, everybody's kind of a macho person in the family, athletic people and so forth. You never showed much uh, compassion, uh, much softness or anything like that, you know. So I'm sure my mom probably suffered through many Mother's Days uh, with not a lot of attention per se. But uh, the older we got, the more that we were aware of things and so forth in her life. And of course, after we got saved... Uh, that changed everything. Jesus changed everything. Hallelujah. Uh, before my mother passed away, she passed away many years ago. Uh, but before she passed away, she said one time, and you knew she wanted to say something pretty important. She said, David. And she said, David, there's something I want you to know. And so she talked about my birth. Uh, and she had me, uh, she's, of all things, she said, uh, do you know what a cesarean section is? I said, no, <laughs> this was years ago, you know, and and uh, and then she, you know, before probably about the time we got married, and then she wanted me to watch that, and then she said, "This is how you were born," and she said, "Your birth was not normal; it was very supernatural." And so my three older brothers, older by four years, and so forth. So I was the last try for a girl. All right, my parents thought, you know, let's try for a girl. My, uh, and, and God bless them, they, they, they had the name Mary. And uh, so uh, anyway, 1952, and uh, so they, my mom was pregnant, and at seven months pregnant, she had severe bleeding, and they realized there was a condition called placenta previa. And that is where, where the placenta is in front of the baby. And uh, a lot of those babies in those days did not survive. 
And uh, so my mother was in a difficult place. She had major bleeding. The doctor of our little hometown in Iowa, uh, you know, there weren't a lot of rural hospitals then either. So it was 45 minutes. Uh, rural ambulance service wasn't available in those days. And so the doctor put my mom in his car. He had a real nice car. Uh, she ruined the front seat with her condition. And uh, he put her in the car, and he told her as they drove to Lamar's, Iowa, 45 minutes, and they said, he'd always say, Mrs. He, he would, that kind of the way he would talk, but he said, Mrs., this, this baby won't live, but we're trying to save your life. And, uh, uh, and he repeated that to her several times. They got to the Catholic hospital. The Catholic hospital said, the baby won't live, but we're going to try to save your life, and so forth. And they, they assessed all her condition and so forth. And at any rate, in those days, too, it wasn't real common, but she had a cesarean delivery. And here I am. So uh, they, they, uh, they, they then picked a boy's name, David, beloved, means beloved. And uh, so I became, uh, I was, I've always have been the baby of the family. I still am the baby of the family. My brothers are much older, but I'm still the baby of the family. But spiritually, the leader of the family, because of, because of Jesus. But God is, God is, is uh, uh, faithful. And uh, my mom just said to me how miraculous my birth was because no one thought that I would be here. And uh, how, you know, how happy they were for me as a person. Uh, Psalm 139, there's some scripture verses there talking about uh, child formation and so forth. You're formed in my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows well. My frame was not hidden from you. I was made in secret and skillfully in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance, yet being unformed. And in your book, they're all written. The days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Let me just stop there and say this. You know, God, God forms us. That's the whole thing about life the sacredness of life, that from the moment uh, a, a woman conceives where the sperm and egg come together and there's conception, there's life, and that life is valuable. That life, the woman isn't even aware of it, maybe in that very initial stage that she has a child in her, but that life is special, and that life, God has his handiwork in it. I mean, you just have to stop and think, I mean, for the people that believe in evolution and so forth, uh, how wild it is to believe in evolution. Because, because you think about all the intricacies of the body, all the systems of the body, various systems all working by themselves, but all working also uh, dependently on each other. You know, the skeletal system and the nervous system, the lymphatic system, you know, and the blood system and the muscles, all the things like that. All these things, even the intricacies of an eye. I was with an eye doctor the other day, and we were having lunch, and, and the intricacies, intricacies of the eye, how the eye can work, uh, is pretty remarkable, right? And, of course, to think that this somehow happened or evolved is, is the strangest, wildest thing ever. I always said, you know, in healing, uh, God made us so he knows how to fix us. Amen. 
So that's why we pray for miracles all the time. Even if you have something today that doctors may say is incurable, nothing is impossible with the Lord. So we always say, no, let's pray. Amen. Let's pray because he made us. So, and, and that goes for anybody on this planet, all right, from all different countries and so forth. God loves people. We were created in his image. So you're not just an animal, all right? You're not just some other species out there. No, you and I were created in his image. Now, quick rabbit trail. That's why the devil doesn't like people, of course. He tries to hurt or harm or divide people because they're all made in the image of God. And so, so we have to understand how sacredness this is. There is life. So life doesn't begin when a child is born and they take their first breath. Life begins at conception. And so this child is alive inside, and even at that point, before the mom or dad even see their child, God has a plan, God has plans and purposes, days are fashioned for me, before they'd ever seen one day, God has plans and purposes for our lives. And we have to stop and think, you know, of course, that begins really with salvation, to get born again, but once we're born again, we can begin to think about how he wants to use us in even greater ways. Amen. Amen. So life, life is so good and so precious. Uh, verse 17 and 18 there, it says this, How precious are your thoughts to me, O God. I think about his thoughts, his purposes. That's part of the thoughts there means purposes. How precious are your purposes toward me, toward me. The sum of them, if I could count them, they'd be as the number of the sand of the sea. So let's just say your thoughts towards us are uncountable. We, we can't measure them, uh, how good his thoughts or plans are toward us. And that's something you always want to remember. You might have a bad day, but I'll tell you what, God never has a bad day, and he's never against you. He's always for you. You might have had a time where you've, you've uh, uh, disobeyed God or something. That doesn't change his love. That doesn't change what he still wants to do in your life. He doesn't turn his head in disgust and so forth like that. No, no, his eyes are toward us. And so we sometimes, of course, become discouraged, dejected and stuff. God never does. He's always there for us. He's always on your side. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, your life is precious. Your life is precious. Very, very precious. All right. Just have a little bit of time today. We're finishing a little early. It's Mother's Day and so forth. But I want to go to the book of 1 Samuel. You can find it in your Bible there a second because we have several verses there. In 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 1, there was a man named Elkanah. And the son of Jehoram. And it says that this man had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and then the other was Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, Hannah had no children. And so here's a situation where, uh, uh, you know, it's hard, you know, if you were not able to bear children and wanted to, it's hard. And uh, that's, that's a t- difficult situation. And yet God is still for you. Amen. God is still for you. In our case, we thank God for adoption in our family and how that has been a tremendous blessing in our family in so many ways. Wow. So thankful for it. So the next verse is there in verse 6. 
that says her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. Now, this doesn't mean God did this. It just means it, it still was allowed, it allowed to be happening, happen at that point. But God didn't do it. So she had an adversary. Now, our main adversary spiritually is the devil, right? But that can take its shape through a lot of different things. And I would guess within this household, you know, there's two different women and so forth. And the one woman would poke or could poke fun at the other woman who has no children. And so uh, probably the, the rival or the adversary, so forth, being provoked was from uh, Elkanah's other wife, Paniah. And so, so here, you know, she could feel discouraged. She could feel uh, tormented. She could feel, uh, she could worry, like, I'm never going to have any children. My life is never going to be normal. Things aren't going to work out for me. And so she had to face this. In the Bible, it's always showing people how they faced adversity. We live in a fallen world, so we must learn to face adversity with faith, with confidence, so that we can overcome and live the life God wants us to live. You're never going to get away from adversity. All right? Let's say, say it another word. You will always in life see different things that are difficult or troublesome or whatever. But we must learn to face those things. It isn't, those things don't happen because of your sin. They happen because we're in a fallen world. So it's never like a finger's pointed at you or I. It's never that way. The accuser of the brethren is the devil. Okay, so God never accuses us. If you ever feel that way, you want to reject it. Amen. If you feel condemnation, you want to reject it. You know, like, oh, what did I do wrong, and so on and so forth. No, you want to reject those thoughts. That, those are not godly thoughts, all right? Those thoughts bring us low. The thoughts of how Jesus loves us brings us higher, all right? So in verse 10, then, it says this. So here's, here's uh, Hannah, and she's, is, she was in bitterness of soul. Now, this is discouraging. It would be discouraging for anybody, okay? And sometimes, you know... If you ever met someone who's like, I don't have a problem, you know, that everything's just, everything's all right. So, well, that's not true. Somehow they're either lying or whatever on something. But uh, everybody faces stuff. So she's in bitterness of soul. Now, the good thing is she says, prayed to the Lord, and she wept in her anguish. So I always just think, in, no matter how things, tough things are, you want to continue to come to the Lord in prayer. You, know, you want to know, and you're only going to do that if you know that he's not your problem. Amen. Okay, the Lord is not your problem, he's our answer. So no matter how tough things may be, or how, you might be angry, you might be bitterness of soul, why, why is this happening, how come I didn't, how come I'm not pregnant in her case, you still want to come to the Lord in prayer. Amen? Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you today. Right? You still want to come to the Lord in prayer. And she made a vow, o Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant, remember me and not forget your maidservant, but give your maidservant a male child. I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. So she makes a vow. So what she's doing here is she's fighting the good fight of faith. Amen. She's fighting the good fight of faith. Now, if you looked at this family, you'd maybe never see anything wrong. You'd see, okay, now, you know, he's, he's got his wives, he's so forth, and and the one's got children, the other doesn't. You know, they're in public and all that. You don't see any, you might not see any, so to speak, problem. They might even look like a model family. But inside here, 
We're fighting the good fight of faith. The devil fights or brings thoughts to our minds. You have to deal with your thoughts. Thoughts become actions. So you have to deal with your thoughts. You have to think in a right way. What's a biblical way to think? How should I biblically face this adversity? Amen? See, otherwise we could, we could blame other people. We could accuse other people. We could blame God. But we must fight. We must fight the good fight of faith. And we must do it in a biblical manner. So she pours out her heart. Verse 15 then says that she, she, uh, she answered the priest. Of course, Eli was the priest at that time. And Eli accused her of being drunk. She's, she's there before the altar, you know, and her mouth is moving and stuff. She's praying. She's pouring out her heart. And initially accused her, well, you, you shouldn't be in here drunk. And she says, no, no, I'm not drunk. I'm, not, I'm a woman with, of a sorrowful spirit. I've not drunk any wine or intoxicating drink. But I poured out my soul before the Lord. Poured out my soul before the Lord. I, I can remember praying for our daughter, and I was on a basement floor. I was crying. Tears were coming down my face. I'm flat on the floor, and I'm crying. Poured out my heart before the Lord. I said, you know, sometimes you'll say things in the moment. And I said, Lord, Lord, she's just a child. I've already lived life. I said, I, I could take this. Let me die. Let, let me be afflicted and so forth. Let her live. So I'm going through all this. And finally, I quit crying. And, and I'm just on the floor. No more tears. I'm just on the floor. And then the Lord said, and that's why I took it. Amen. A father Amen. was pleading for his daughter. And he was a father that took that for us. Amen. Gave us his son for us. And paid the price. And just a revelation like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know. So she's pouring out her heart before the Lord and so forth. Now the priest then, verse 17, gives her a word. And he says, go in peace. The God of Israel grant your petition which you've asked of him. And she said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went away and ate. And her face was no longer sad. Now, this is like a prophetic word. Now, sometimes I believe God gives us words in a moment, but we're so emotional, we miss it. We're so caught up in our emotion or our sadness or discouragement, and someone gives us a word of encouragement, and we kind of think, yeah, yeah, thanks, yeah, thanks, you know. But you have to receive things, recognize when words are from the Lord. Anything, anything that's glorifying to Jesus, that's positive and so forth, those things are of the Lord. And so the priest gives her a word. Now listen, you can speak prophetic words. And I'm not talking about making up words, but you can take scripture, speak scripture, and it becomes powerful in prophecy when you speak it. It's the word of God. And the word of God brings life. So you can say to someone, hey, the Lord has never left you. He'll never leave you, never leave you in your life. And somebody said, really? Yeah, well, that's just the word, right? God wants to heal you. Even now, the Holy Spirit's being poured out on you. Really? Really? Yeah, yeah, true. Because even now it is. You're saying things that just line up with Scripture. The priest is just saying, hey, the Lord has heard your prayer. God, God, God's going to answer you. You know, God's heard your prayers. 
So she had to gather herself. Hannah had to gather herself at that point. Sorrowful spirit, bitterness of soul and so forth. She had to gather herself up and receive what Eli is saying by faith. And so she did it. She gathered herself and she said, so the woman went her way, ate. Okay, she'd been fasting. Her face was no longer sad. Did she have the answer yet? Only in the spirit realm. In the natural realm, she had no child. In the natural realm, she was not pregnant. Okay, so she's getting herself up from prayer, drying her eyes and so forth. Her husband, you know, and so forth, going out, okay, they're going to have lunch. All right, yeah, I'll eat with you. And they're kind of like, wow, there's a change here. Something must have happened in the temple. And something did happen. So we receive by faith. Is that right? Verse 18 then says that, that uh, or verse 20, excuse me. Do we have verse 20? She came to pass the process of time. Notice the process of time. Didn't happen overnight. But she conceived, she bore a son, she called his name Samuel. Because she said, I asked him from the Lord. So in the process of time. See, sometimes we think, you know, well, that, we, there's a service yesterday, I had a prophetic word, but nothing's happened today. Monday <laughs> or Tuesday. But faith, faith is believing without seeing. Faith is believing the promises of God that it is as God says it is. The faith realm is more real than the natural realm. We're surrounded even now with angels and heavenly hosts right now in this place. You know, sometimes people say, oh, they saw an angel. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. We're surrounded with angels. So we have to believe the word of God more than we believe our circumstances. So here's a woman of faith who's, t- who's faced great adversity in her life. And now she's taking this promise, receiving it with joy, no more sadness and so forth, and becomes pregnant. Let's look at a quick rabbit trail here to Matthew a second. Matthew uh, 7. Matthew 7. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it shall be open. Now verse 8 to me is remarkable. It says, everyone who asks receives. Well, everyone is 100%, right? It's 100%. Everyone who asks and receives. Now, I can remember asking things in prayer and so forth. I don't think I've ever seen an answer. Now, why is that? Probably because I just gave up. Gave up. I believed for a while and so forth. And it's like, okay, well, on to something else. But but the thing is, is believing, standing in faith, we have an advocate who's for us, amen, and keep continuing to trust God. Our daughter was sick for 12 years. This was not easy. It was not, there was nothing good about it. We never got away from sickness and disease. We didn't do anything normal that most families did because she couldn't be in the sunlight and lots of things like this. But yet we stood on promises. Ask, and it says that everyone, say everyone, Everyone. say that's me, everyone who asks receives. You should underline that in your Bible, because that just means if I can ask now according to the word of God, amen, just not asking anything, but according to the word of God, now I'm asking, I'm believing this is good. So what are we standing on? We're standing on his word, not a feeling, but his word. Then I'm going to believe that I'm going to receive it. He who seeks finds, to him that knocks, it shall be opened. Amen? So in verse, going back to 1 Samuel again, chapter 1 and verse 27, uh, so God, God answered, 
and uh, granted uh, the petition that she's asking. She, she comes back to Eli. This is the child. This is the child we prayed about. Remember years ago, you thought I was drunk. I wasn't. And you gave me that word, and he answered. This is the child that we prayed for. And now she's bringing this little child to the temple to serve in the temple. And she says, I've lent him the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. And they worship the Lord there. And so she followed through on her vow and honored the Lord. Now let me quick go to 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 21. Hannah had then three sons, three sons and two daughters. So God blessed her. God blessed her. She conceived. She bore more children and so forth. And their house was blessed uh, in great ways. God is on your side. God is on your side. He hears the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are toward him. The Spirit of God is looking for people that are standing in faith. Men, women, boys, girls, young people, old people, doesn't matter. He's not a respecter of persons. He's doing this all over the planet. He's moving by his spirit today. And these are things that we have to understand that, that we, want, we want to believe. We have a big God, so we want to believe big. Let me just give you another portion of Scripture, just quickly a second. Mark 1, Mark 1, verse 19 and 20. So Jesus calls James and John. And here, here are these guys, and, and James, his brother is John, and they're in the boat mending their nets, and when Jesus calls them, they immediately begin to follow Jesus. Now remember, they were followers before they were believers. That's how we reach people. Someone might just be inquiring. We're so quick, we have to pray the life prayer or something, but maybe they'll just follow first. They were followers before they were believers. And he calls them, and notice what it says, they left their father Zebedee in the boat with their hired servants and went after, went after Jesus. So here are these two sons that, that Jesus calls. Now, I just want to point out this. They're not poor. Their dad is a businessman. They have employees. They have boats. They, they understood uh, the aspects of business. I think they understood the aspects of money and so forth. So uh, a lot of times people look at the disciples and think, oh, these are probably just a bunch of poor people. Well, I don't know how Jesus traveled and had all these needs and fed all these people if he didn't have any money. They did have resources, and people came alongside by Jesus, including James and John's mother. So this is the wife of Zebedee. They were prosperous people, and many women, by the way, helped Jesus with their substance. Sometimes people, you find some people in church groups like, yeah, the woman, well, she can cook in the kitchen, and that's kind of her job, and so forth. Like, where do people get that? That's not true. Not that they can't cook. Hallelujah. And men can cook, hallelujah. All the men say hallelujah, right? But sometimes people get categories like what a woman can do, what a man can do. Let me just say, God will use anybody, any place, any time. And he used these women in powerful ways to help Jesus. I'm talking about resources. I'm talking about writing checks. I'm talking about bringing things that helped them carry on the ministry. And Zebedee's wife James and John's mother was one of them. So, let's, last scripture, Matthew 20, verse 20 and 21. So, here she comes, the mother of Zebedee's sons. She comes to Jesus with her sons. Now, her, her sons were not ashamed. <laughs> they were not ashamed of their mother. They were not ashamed by what she was going to ask. 
And, and kneeling down, she begins to ask Jesus something. So just customers, she comes down, she says, I have something to ask. Now she knows Jesus, and Jesus knows her. She's been helping Jesus. And the boys have been with Jesus, all right? But now she's coming, and she's going to ask something, and she's going to ask something big. Say big. We, we, the Lord all my life, I think, is trying to deliver me out of small thinking. <laughs> you know, you grow up, you know, in the Midwest, and rural America, and you have kind of this small thinking, and, and, and God has always been in my life, continues to say, Dave, I'm bigger than that. I'm bigger than that. Think bigger. It's like, okay. You know, he's trying to lift her eyes to how, how great he is. So she, of course, coming from her place, she's, Jesus says, what do you want? And she says, grant my two sons, one would sit in your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. Well, this is not a small thing, is it? So she's asking big. She's saying, hey, I'm going to go right to the top. I recognize you as a king, and I recognize your authority, and I recognize what you're doing, and I want my sons to be in this leadership. Now, of course, you know the rest of the story. The disciples are like, what? What, what, what are you doing here? You know, so they kind of, they kind of criticize him and stuff. And Jesus actually said, he never criticized her for what she asked for. He just says, oh, that's not mine to give right now. It's not mine to give right now. The point is, though, she asked something big. She was dreaming big, thinking big. I believe God loves it when we think big. Amen. I think he loves it when we dream big. And you can do this. I can do this. And we can encourage others to do this. He wants to use us. Amen. We see in the Bible these women of faith, and I think, wow. And there's men of faith, and I think, wow. And I think, you know, I want to I wanna emulate, I want to follow those who through faith and patience inherited the promises in the book here as well as in real life. He's got bigger things for each one of us than we've ever imagined. The purposes for your life are not just to make money, grow old, retire, and die. It's a bigger purpose. It's a bigger plan that he wants to use us for his glory. The purposes for your children isn't just so, oh, yeah, i got all these children to take care of. No, no, no. The purpose for your children is you raise them for the kingdom. You're going to raise them for the kingdom. You're going to send them out. It's like we have people coming here for a short period of time. We bless them. We train them. We love them. And we send them out. And parents do that. Amen. Just close your eyes for a second. Just lift your hands a second. Lord, we thank you for the endowment of faith to believe your word. Faith. Lord, you said you gave us faith. And we activate this faith even now to believe you for bigger things than we've ever thought of. You said you can do exceedingly abundantly above all we can even think of. Wow. So, Lord, we want to dream big, no matter what age here. I just pray that dreams would arise in people's hearts, faith in their hearts, that, God, you would use us at whatever point in life we are, that you would use us for your glory and honor, that you would use us, Lord, in advancing your kingdom. And, Lord, I speak that for people here and people that are watching and so forth, that your spirit, your Holy Spirit, there's a God of power, hallelujah, that lives in us. And I thank you for this quickening today, today, Lord. Activation of faith today in each person's life here, Father. 
In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for this. I thank you for victory in people's thoughts' lives. Victory in their thought lives, that they would think your thoughts, your God thoughts, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, that we wouldn't think thoughts of of, uh, condemnation or discouragement or sadness, but we would think thoughts of encouragement and edification and the joy that you give us because you've overcome the world. Lord, we thank you for this. We accept this cheer, this good cheer you give us. We accept it. I thank you today for doing miracles, Lord, in our hearts here and miracles in our bodies. Even in this place, Lord, I thank you for miracle ground right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for miracle healings in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for what man says impossible is totally possible with you. And I thank you for doing it today in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for your hands coming upon lives, touching people's bodies, touching nervous systems in the name of Jesus, nerves to work right in the name of Jesus, touching hearts in the name of Jesus to beat right, pump blood right, lungs and kidneys and joints. And Father, brain cells. I thank you for quickening brain cells in Jesus' name to function perfectly normal again in Jesus' name. (laughs) Lord, I thank you that you are this God of miracles. We thank you, Jesus, for doing supernatural works here today. Thank you, Lord, for your touch. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that quickens these natural bodies in Jesus' name. Lord, we praise you for this right now. We thank you for it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.